Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Let's go. This is the Rich Eisen Show with guest host Tom Pelissero. Just breaking now from Broncos team reporter Eric Dalala. Sounds like Russell Wilson will wear a wristband hey. again this weekend. Nathaniel Hackett said it can help when there's crowd noise and or when they have long play calls. Also gives Hackett more time to talk in Wilson's ear before the radio shuts off, which is a big deal, by the way. The speed of play calls, the fact that it cuts off at 15 seconds, the more time you can be looking at the defense as the coach and talking back and forth, even to a very experienced quarterback like Russell Wilson, uh, can help. I, I just, I had heard this, you know, <laughs> for a while about the wristband situation and the fact that this was something Russell Wilson never wanted to do. Uh, I did not expect it to bubble over the way that it has, uh, but it's fairly entertaining <laughs> and we shall see how long this, this ends up lasting. Joining us right now on the Mercedes Benz vans phone line is 10th year at NC state coming off a big win too over wake forest coach Dave Doran is with us. Dave, thank you very much for coming on. It's Tom Pellicero. How is everything uh, going in Raleigh right now? Doing good, Tom. Thanks. So, felt like a big weekend for you. It's homecoming last week. You're, you're facing a good opponent. Take me, take me through that game and how you guys pulled that off. Uh, we executed well. You know, I think it was a great team win. We played complimentary football. Didn't turn the football over. Uh, forced three turnovers on defense. We punted the ball well. We kicked the ball well. Had a lot of guys make contact catches on offense at receiver position, and it's just one of those games we played better than they did. I know Dave Clawson uh, said he apologized to you after the game for a couple of what he called to be uh, cheap plays late. In your mind, I know things happen within the game. Was that something that was necessary for him to apologize for it? Yeah, I mean, I appreciated Dave saying it. Dave's a first-class guy, and he and I are friends, so. Yeah, it was a sportsman thing to do with his, you know, his part. I, I think what happened in the game by that player was unnecessary and, and uh, should have been flagged and wasn't. But, you know, Dave's always been a classy guy, so you know, I think it was a nice thing of him to do. So tell me about M.J. Morris. He's the first true freshman starting uh, since Phillip Rivers at that school, and obviously you had a very good quarterback who went down uh, early in the season. What, what what allows MJ walking in the door here to play at, at the level that he has so far? Well, he's got a lot of poise, first of all. I, I think his football IQ is, is high. Um, he's well-coached in high school. He was raised by two incredible parents that uh, made him the humble caring person that he is he's charismatic his teammates uh, have definitely rallied around him and he's got some uh ice in his veins man i mean he goes out there and just makes plays in big moments and that's impressive there's doesn't matter how old you are you know for kids to be that on this stage with that kind of pressure says a lot about the type of competitor that he is 
How, how, do, how, if at all, can you evaluate that when you're recruiting a player? You can look at the, the measurables. You can look at how he's performing. Odds are against largely uh, overmatched opponents at times. But you know, in terms of just like the makeup of the player, when you're talking about a 17, 18-year-old yeah. kid, how do you evaluate that? Yeah, it takes live evaluations. You need to go see him play, and you know, when possible, see him play in good competition. And in MJ's case, he was a state champion as a junior. He took a team, a different school, to the playoffs, deep into the playoffs as a senior. He's a competitive baseball player. So, you know, Coach Beck and members of our staff just did the best that we could. And seeing him play in person, I think video is great, but it doesn't give you the full story how they're coached and how they interact with their teammates, how they respond to bad plays. So, you know, that being able to get out on the road and be around him in person is a big part of it. Does Philip Rivers get involved at all, or does he does he make himself available if you wanted to put a guy like MJ in touch with him at all about just, you know, being a quarterback there and obviously somebody who looks like he's got a bright future? You know, Philip's done a couple uh, things with our team over the years. Um He's a father of nine children. He's pretty busy. <laughs> so we, we try not to lean on him. I know he's a guy that loves the wolf pack, and if we asked him to do something like you referred to, he probably would, but it's not something that we ask him to do. Dave Dorn is our guest head coach at North Carolina State. Devin Leary was a player who I know a lot of people in the NFL, which is my world, were, were interested in in terms of evaluating him for the future as a potential uh, guy. He goes down with that season-ending injury last month. How is he doing, and, and what conversations, if any, of you had with him about his future? Yeah, Devin's doing well. You know, he's in the rehab phase of having his pec operated on and, and doing a lot better now than he was, you know, two weeks ago. You know, I think uh, it's one day at a time approach and trying to get ready to be able to throw the football again. And as far as the future, I think it's all about the recovery timeline. You know, I think he'll, if if possible, it's healthy, you know, have an opportunity to leave early. And if not, he'll have a decision to make. So try not to put that on him in this phase of the recovery. Just want him to get as well as he can and, there's no pressure on our side. You've got Boston College uh, up this week, and this is purely a strange coincidence, Dave, but I went to BC last week. I went to a game for the first time in 20 years. Coach Halfley invited me, so I was standing on the sideline watching them. They're, they're extremely young. Uh, you know, They've had a lot of injuries on the offensive line, but they got a guy in Zay Flowers whose name I know I'm going to be calling on Sundays in the, the not-too-distant future. When you watch him on tape and you know they're going to they're gonna feed him the ball, what do you see? Yeah, he's a great player. I mean, we, we offered him here as a DB and a wide receiver in high school. We thought he could start on either side of the football. He's electric, um, fast, tough, you know, can change direction, tracks the ball well. I think he's an elite football player. He'll play a long time if he stays healthy. And haven't been around that many guys like that, you know. I mean, he's, he's special. So as you look at your team here for the, the stretch run, and obviously a lot out there still in front of you here, what do you see the need, still needs to improve, Dave? Like what's, what's the, the still upside that remains for your team here in 2022? Well, I think we're a team that's still getting better. I mean, it's, we just played our most complete game of the season, and, and uh, offensively we're in our really 12th day with our starting quarterback, you know. So there's a lot of things out there still being able to score more than 35 points in a game 
And these are all things that, you know, last year we did pretty routinely, and it's been a struggle, you know, this year because of the injury factor that we've had on the offensive side of the ball. And so having the same quarterback here the last three weeks, hopefully, and getting most of our personnel back on the field um, offensively, we'd love to see that continue to grow and, and build on the scoreboard. So, I mean, that's really the biggest step. I think our defense is playing really, really well, and our, our special teams have played well. Are you having fun there, Dave? Ten years at one school, it's a long time, in the, especially in the current state of uh, college football. Do you, are you able to enjoy these moments, uh, getting a win uh, you know, at this stage in the season? Yeah, I mean, 70 years and dog years, man. That's a long time. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I had a blast in our game against Wake Forest. It's the most fun I've had coaching probably since we beat Clemson last year. I just really liked how our guys played in that game. So to answer your question, yeah, I mean, I, I have my times. Uh, right now I'm not having a lot of fun. I'm on a Thursday still trying to game plan, you know. And, but uh, when you win a game and you see your guys lay it on the line and play collectively the way we did, it's very rewarding as a coach. And, you know, it's just one day at a time thing here. And I love the guys I'm coaching. And, and we're really fortunate to live in such a great place like Raleigh, North Carolina. It's a fantastic place to live. And, I've been very lucky, you know, I think I'm the eighth tenured coach in, in college football right now at 10 years and second in the ACC, so fortunate to be able to stay in one place this long. That's a wild stat, Dave. Eighth longest tenured coach in, in all of uh, NCAA? Yeah, yeah. That speaks yep. to you. Doesn't, yeah. It's hard to keep your job anymore for a long period of time, <laughs> man, you know, so. Yeah. <laughs> To, to be uh, going now, I guess, to be my tenth bowl or eighth bowl game in ten years, and it's done a lot of good here. Just trying to keep continuing to get it better. Well, thanks a lot. I know it's a busy week, Dave. So thanks for taking some time for us. Yeah, I appreciate you having me on. You guys uh, enjoy the weekend. Thanks a lot. Go Pack. Appreciate it. that. Is North Carolina State thanks, head coach. coach Dave Doran He's got him off to a I believe it's a seven and two start. Only had two losing seasons in his entire time at NC State, which is not the easiest, uh, not the easiest place to win at. So, uh, it's a credit to him. I, I was uh, up at Boston College last week and, and talking with some of the coaches up there, and you know, it just reinforced to me, and talking to other people around college football, just reinforces like this: this is a hard time, man, in college football. If you're not, you know, Alabama or you know, Texas A and M. Or LSU, if you're not one of the big money programs, like think of what your life has to be like as a head football coach right now. So you, you spend all your time recruiting and trying to get you know the best possible class, and there's NIL money that's a part of that, and it's just a completely different dynamic than it's been in the past. You get through the first season, right? If you play any of those young players, you're promising young guys, the ones you want on the field. Guess what happens? They're getting offers to go someplace else and to get paid to leave after, you know, in January or February when that window's open. If you keep them, now you go through spring ball. Guess what? There's another window. They can transfer (laughs) again. They can end up taking money to go someplace else again. So, you know, you look at like the recruiting rankings and things like that. I I don't know how sustainable some of the um, historical ways that college football have worked is going to be. Just because those those mid-tier type of programs, where it's a BC, 
whether it's NC State, where, again, they're, they're having success right now. There, there's all kinds of them around the country. There's only that dozen or so teams that you know. I mean, just look at the college football power, the, the playoff rankings right now. It's all those teams, okay? The top 10, the Clemsons, like, they're the teams that have the ability to retain their guys because the odds are they've got the ability to generate the capital to keep players. They've obviously all got the advanced recruiting advantage. They've got the facilities and all that. Everybody else is constantly fighting for your own players. Forget the initial recruiting. There's not a year that you have to sit out anymore. You can go and transfer and play immediately. And then you get into May, and all of a sudden it might be your top two quarterbacks go, yeah, we're out. I'm going somewhere else. How do you... How do you I'm going to USC. Right. <laughs> like It's just that, that nonstop drumbeat uh, cannot, cannot be easy. On guys like you're trying to win games, you're obviously recruiting in the season, doing all these events. But then the stuff that can happen in the off season, it's just it's crazy to me. I just don't know how if you get into those spots, how do you stay? They, they've said it. he's the eighth longest tenured coach. It's not just you know he kind of laughed at it about hard to keep your job. It's also people don't want to keep the job. People want to move on to the next program and try to move up. Guys don't stay at those those mid tier types of programs anymore. And I really do believe you're gonna see. In the coming years here, some of the coaches, whether they've worked in the NFL or not, you may see some of those coaches coming to the pros. You may see more of them, whether it's taking a coordinator job from smaller programs, maybe it's a position coach job. You may see guys proactively saying, you know what, the stability, the money yes, at the highest levels in college football is now finally driving up the NFL salaries because for a long time those guys made more. Now NFL salaries, you're getting coaches regular who are making 10, 12, 15 million dollars. Uh, that was not always the case. Right. Now the money's getting be- getting better in the NFL. College football is becoming a gigantic pain in the ass to be a part of. So do you start seeing more coaches opening their minds to the idea that, you know what, maybe I actually am better off from a lifestyle perspective going into the NFL. And, and I don't know how that plays out. I think that the NIL aspect of this is still new enough that we'll see, uh, you know, exactly how that impacts college football. But this is all a moving target. The expanded playoff may alter some of that, too, in a positive way, uh, you would hope. But we'll find out. I'm, I'm trying to think of the other seven who are ahead of him. Saban, Kirk Ferentz, Dabo. Right. Yep. Um, just trying to roll off the top of my head. I, I mean, can't... who was, yeah, who was there 11 years ago? I... <laughs> I'm going through it in my head, and I don't have it. Is does Jim Harbaugh count? Is he in no, year eight? No, he, he got there. In, no, he got there in 2015. Yeah, same thing with Kirby we'll Smart. It. it was 2015. Yeah, we'll find it. By the way, other uh, bad news for the Las Vegas Raiders: Hunter Renfro, also according yeah. to multiple reports, going on injury reserve. So in one day, Darren Waller, Hunter Renfro, both to IR, which means they're out a minimum of four games. Uh, Pick up Mac Hollins. What do you think about that? Well, that's just lovely. Are you going to ask me fantasy football questions Absolutely. every? <laughs> what else you got? Every segment. You got time for two. Give me two because we got a break then for Harrison Smith. What else you got? Is Let's Nico Collins going to be back this week? Unaware. I've, I can't say that I've inquired a lot about the best receiver on one of the worst teams in the league. Should I pick up Derek Carr or roll with Russell Wilson? At this point, I would take Russ. Really? Who do Broncos have this week? Broncos have the Titans. Yeah, the Titans are pretty tough. Broncos off a of bye. They want to play the lowest scoring game possible. That's, that's a tricky one. I, I, I don't know who Derek Carr's throwing to. 
I mean, this this Devonte Adams and Matt Collins and yeah, Foster, I mean, basically and Foster Moreau, right? Yeah, and I guess I mean Waller hasn't really been out there. Yeah, Renfro has not been as involved. Still a gamble. I mean, the Colts' defense has played pretty well. The offense has been the issue. Right. So, yeah, that's a that's a tricky one. I have no idea what, what to see from the Colts. <laughs> I, I have no clue. I have literally no idea what we're going to see from them uh, coming up this week. I got a, a longest tenured coaches list here. Oh, you do? What, what do we you got? got? Uh, Kirk Ferentz still there, right? Yep. This is from last year. Probably Gary Patterson that. was at TCU, but he got fired, so he is no longer on okay. the list. Kyle Whittingham, Whittingham from Utah. Oh, Utah, yep. Uh, Mike Gundy, he's still at Oklahoma State. Oh, that's correct? true. Mike yeah. Gundy. So this would be his. Well, he's 17th. a man. He's over fifty. Now. Yeah. Rick Stockhill, Middle Tennessee. I believe he's still there, and this would be season sixteen. Would have never got that. Pat Fitzgerald at Northwestern, yep. still there. Troy Calhoun, Air Force. Hmm. Then you have Saban at eight. Um, David Cutliffe. From Duke, and and David Cutliffe is also out, so that's yeah, how Doran rises yeah. up to number eight here. Right. So wow. I, I would not have gotten to who was the the Air Force coach was number seven. Uh, there is a you know I'm going to be honest. I've Navy's head coach. I don't know is Ken <laughs> Neo Matalo. <laughs> you got me on that one. It's a good man. effort, TJ. We do it. Tried. Well, I, we do know for sure. I tried to yeah. I tried to circle around that one in case you weren't aware. I should have gotten Pat Fitzgerald. That was that was a bad yeah. miss. But Dave Doran, number eight. Yep. He so, sounds like it's taking a toll. Harrison Smith on a seven and one Vikings team. How about that? Headed out to Buffalo against either Josh Allen or his old buddy Case Keenum. We'll talk to Harrison next. Let's talk O'Reilly Auto Parts, people, or as you might know from their jingle, O-O-O O'Reilly Auto Parts. They're in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offers friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs because you know when you need your car fixed, you need somebody who knows what they're talking about and is helpful, has a smile on their face, and gets you back on the road. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you just... Find the right battery for your vehicle. Need your windshield wipers replaced, a brake light fix, or a quick service? They'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help. Whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice, you will find the employees at O'Reilly Auto Parts knowledgeable, helpful, and the best of all, friendly. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit us at O'ReillyAuto.com slash eisen. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash eisen. Let's talk sleep number, people, because quality sleep is so essential. That's why the sleep number smart bed is dissolved for your ever-evolving sleep needs. And the same thing for your partner. So you can choose what's right for each of you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Quiets your snores or your partner's? Sleep Number does that. My Sleep Number setting is 60. My wife's is 70. Ten numbers apart, but it truly is the world of difference. The Sleep Number sleep that you get is unbelievable. You will love it. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now you could save 50%. That's 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Tom Pellicero here on the uh, Rich Eisen Show here. Harrison Smith, Viking Safety, is supposed to join us 
shortly here. A big game uh, coming up this weekend for both of these teams with the Vikings visiting the Bills here. It's so hard for me to wrap my mind around a situation going into this season. And granted, I thought based upon the Vikings' talent that they would have a chance to be pretty good and that natural, it's new, it's a different coaching staff, everything feels different, that they would, they would have a chance to, to start faster, which they certainly have. It's hard to wrap my mind around a world where the Vikings, unless they completely fall on their faces, have already more or less wrapped up the division. Where the Packers are this buried... Where the Bears, to their credit, are playing hard, and Matt Eberflus is getting the most out of them, but you've traded away two of your best players during the course of the season, and you're trying to figure it out with a young quarterback. Look at that. It's a four-and-a-half game lead. It's wild. They're up five in the win, in the loss column, rather, on both the Packers and the Bears. I still believe the Lions have the opportunity to get better through the course of the season. They've once again suffered some really tough losses uh, through this year, and they've been playing without DeAndre Swift in a full-time role for, I mean, really a month and a half, somewhere around there. They didn't have Amon Ross St. Brown for a stretch as well. When they had their actual core together, they were scoring. Go back to those first few games. The Lions were putting a lot of points on the board. The Vikings have not really scored. They haven't been as explosive as they have the opportunity to be on offense, we're talking about a team that's got a Justin Jefferson and got Adam, Adam Thielen. Just traded for TJ Hawkinson, who made a big impact in his first game. Obviously, Dalvin Cook and Alexander Madison in the backfield. They should be able to get better. But one thing that they're doing right now is finding ways situationally to figure out these games, which just didn't happen last season. So it's it's the perfect storm. I live in Minnesota. All the friends I have who are Vikings fans just cannot get enough, not just of the Vikings winning these games, because again... It's all one-score victories, six in a row now by one score. It's down to the wire every single time. I get emails in one group thread I'm on that's just like panicking at halftime, but they find ways to pull it out. But also, the joy that people in Minnesota get from the Packers not being good right now might actually exceed the excitement over the Vikings playing the way that they are. And speaking of the Vikings, we are joined right now on the Mercedes-Benz Vans phone line. By a six-time Pro Bowl selection, now in his 11th NFL season. I think I've covered him for basically all that time. Viking safety, Harrison Smith, is with us. Harrison, we were just showing the the NFC North standings, which can only mean so much at this time of year. But what's it like right now being on a 7-1 team that seems to, week after week, find ways to win all those exact type of games that you guys were letting slip away a year ago? Yeah, it's uh, any way we any way we can get the wins is obviously the most important thing. But I heard you heard you talking about how how the fans might get a little nervous there at halftime. Um, so it'd be nice to not always do that. But you know, if we're winning, we'll take it any way we can get it. I remember covering the the infamous tie game in Green Bay that led to your kicker being cut the next day. And you're walking past me. It's at Lambeau Field. You're walking to that locker room because it's underneath the goalposts. And you said something along the lines of, like, what the bleep was that? And I feel like there have been a lot of those games through time of just you guys having the opportunity to win. But there's something about it. I don't know how much it is the coaching staff and the way that they're training you and Kevin O'Connell talking so much about situational masters. But, you know, the past couple weeks, even in Washington last week and watching your sideline when you're down 10, it didn't seem like there was that panic within the team, which I have to imagine says something about just the, the overall mindset of your club right now. Yeah, that, I mean, I think you nailed it there. We, uh, I was actually talking about that with uh, with P two, just saying 
I didn't even realize we were down. Uh, I think we were down 10 points at the yeah. one at that moment you're talking about. And we, we kind of didn't even fully realize it. We just wanted to – somebody wanted to make a play. You know, We knew we were going to make a play at some point. We didn't know who it was going to be or who it needed to be or whatever. Uh, so we just kind of have that confidence um, that I think I think starts at the top and just kind of trickles down. Um, and it's it's not fake or anything. We just we're enjoying playing. We're having fun, um, and we expect something to happen when we need it to. Really, how would you describe Kevin O'Connell as a head coach? He is. He's definitely like wise beyond his years. Um, he's very confident, beats well. Um, he thinks about thinks about a lot of a lot of things schedule wise, logistics wise. Um, he's always trying to trying to gain a competitive advantage for us uh, in any way possible. But it's there's a there's a trust there's a you know a positivity that definitely is is kind of just injected throughout the the building uh, starting with him. So this week you've got the Bills. There's a, a decent level of uncertainty about who they're starting at quarterback. It's either going to be Josh Allen, who you guys have seen in the past, or it's going to be a guy you know really well because he was running the scout team for a while there in uh, in Case Keenum before helping you guys on that run back in, in 2017. How, how are you preparing for two quarterbacks who, you know, their, their play style, their body types in particular are certainly certainly different, but how are you guys kind of going through the week here? Well, you definitely have to prepare for as if Josh is is playing, and he's you know, he's kind of an anomaly of a of a, of not even just a quarterback, but just like a person. He's uh, he's, he's he's a freak. He's big, can throw it probably further than the length of the football field. Um, and then he can you know he's he's good in a run game when they need it. They can dial some stuff up for him. And he's a tough tackle for any any defensive guy on the field. So. Obviously, have to be prepared for him, and we'll see how the week goes and what what they end up doing there. But uh, me personally, I'm you know have a little more familiarity with Case than, than other guys. Um, we'll always remember uh, the Minnesota Miracle and that whole season with him with him running the show here. Um, so, a ton of respect for him, and if he's he's who we're playing with, we'll 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 be ready for that challenge as well. What what type of inside knowledge do you have about Case that can help you on Sunday if you see him? Um, I don't have a ton. I mean, <laughs> we'll watch we'll watch the tape we got on him. I always I always liked how he played uh, personally. He'll lay it on the line for you, uh, and he'll he'll let his guys go make some plays. Um, so we'll see we'll see what we got to defend. With Josh, the game where he kind of became Josh Allen, or at least showed it, was that uh, that debacle in 2018. Uh, I think it was one of those games that kind of just yeah. went downhill real fast. And it's also when mm-hmm. he he hurdled your good friend Anthony Barr in the mm-hmm. middle of the field, mm-hmm. and Bills fans started making T-shirts. Did you ever let Anthony hear the end of that? Because again, at that point, he was not Josh Allen; he was some rookie, I know. and he made Anthony look so small in that moment. <laughs> Yeah, you know, I I never really gave him a hard time because I was right behind him and I watched it, <laughs> and I was like, man, that's not what I expected to happen. Uh, <laughs> I think everybody on the field was like, whoa, what's going on here? Um, it was uh, it was a pretty impressive play by uh, Josh. So <laughs> um, it was it was a tough one for AB, but 
you know, it happens sometimes. Everybody's good up here, and like I said, Josh is a he's a bit of an anomaly. Your quarterback, Kirk Cousins, playing uh, pretty well, although I think that if you added up the Kirk Cousins viral videos so far this season, uh, there are more with him wearing chains and or with his shirt off than anything he's actually done on the field. You've known him for, what, five years? Uh, pretty close basis uh, as a member of your team. Is this is this the real Kirk that's been hiding in there? Forget as a player, but as a guy this whole time? Uh, um, I don't know if like the, the iced out. Kirko Chains, Kirk Suggins is uh, exactly who he is. Um, Kirk Suggins? I've been playing against Kirk since uh, college, since since Michigan State years. Um, And I never saw the change until this year, but I think it's a good look for him. And I think think we're going to try to add some jewelry with every, especially with every road win we get. You know, we've got to keep something coming his way there. He really does seem, and I've talked to him only a few times, you're around him every day, it does seem like he's just a little more loose, for lack of a better term. Like, he just seems relaxed and kind of, you know, he's he's himself right now, and obviously he's been a really productive quarterback for a long time. Yeah, I think when you're on a team like this, like like we talked about, the wins aren't always how you draw them up. It's not always offense or defense or teams. Uh, but somehow we're finding ways to win. And that kind of build it kind of builds you know some strong trust amongst the team that kind of crosses the you know the structure of offense defense special teams so i think I think that's it's just part of it it's it's having fun it's being positive it's mixing it up with the guys maybe maybe branching out beyond who we normally are as some of the older guys um, it's fun it's 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 a lot of fun and, and Kirk's enjoying it like he should. I'm glad to see you lean into that, uh, being one of the older guys. You're 33, I believe. Second oldest safety in the league, right behind uh, behind Devin McCourty now? That probably sounds right. <laughs> <laughs> but it's just funny because I think back to you know your rookie year and, and coming in, and you've, you've performed at such a high level for a long period of time. But this is the first time, I mean, certainly since 2014, that you're in a new scheme. Like, how, how are you guys as a group coming along just in terms of, of knowing how this entire thing needs to operate and getting lined up and all the, the adjustments you guys make? I think the mix of guys that we have has, has been, been great and the, and the mix of coaches uh, that have come in here and, and been able to maybe not always keep everything exactly the same how they had it before because they're adjusting to us as players too. So it's a group effort. Um, you know, it's, it's been – it's been fun too, because like you said, I've I've been playing in the same scheme for like eight years. I had two years with actually with Leslie Frazier um, prior to that. So getting a new scheme, figuring some new new ways to defend things and what you can do in the secondary and up front, um, especially like the stuff we're doing with the Darius down there. It's it's fun to it's it's just fun to learn football. Um, so it's been enjoyable. I'm I'm still still trying to keep up. Zadarius is is kicking ass for you right now too. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, and I, you know, we don't, like, I don't get to watch that during the game. I know it's happening. But right. When, when I watch the film after and you, I can, I can watch those guys up front and, you know, EK and Jordan Hicks and Sully in the slot. I, that's, I, I'm, I have so much fun just watching, watching those guys after the game. <laughs> 
Uh, on, a, on a serious note for a second here, Harrison, uh, your, your co-defensive coordinator from last year, Adam Zimmer, Mike's son, uh, passed away recently. I believe you were at the funeral uh, earlier this week. It was shocking to, I think, you know, certainly for me, I didn't know him extremely well, um, but just in our, our conversations, I got so many texts from coaches around the league and asking about it, um, you know, 38 years old. Just what, what, what's your favorite memory of, of Adam and, and what was that like um, being there for the funeral? Yeah, he was he was a guy that was he was always kind of there with his players. Like when you know, he felt the win with you lose, he felt that hurt um with you and I spent enough time with the linebackers that I was kinda like I was around Adam quite a bit and got to know him well and enjoyed enjoyed my time with him. Um you know, there's there was a ton of moments where um celebrating victories um you know going going to dinners after the season and and just talking about football and life um so he'll 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 be missed and uh you know sad to miss him uh but also very fortunate to be around him no doubt so another big game coming up this week against the bills uh potentially against one of your former quarterbacks you picked off a different one last week, Taylor Heineke, who of course was with you guys for a couple of years there. And I think that was the best celebration I've seen you have the, the bowling pin celebration. Jordan Hicks really sold his part. I don't know if that was part of the choreography. Uh, if you pay, if you get one off case this week, what do you have up your sleeve? Can't reveal that. Um, <laughs> Give us a hint. Harrison. Say, yeah. What do you I got? will say we, uh, we, uh, we were, so we were, we were trying to figure out something to do before the game. And uh, I think it was like there was probably a handful of us, and uh, <laughs> Coach O'Connell walked by and was like, "Really, guys? Like, what are you doing?" <laughs> um, so it was good that it worked out, and we executed it well, and then we won. Um, so you know, he he didn't get too mad that we were practicing in the locker room. Uh, but we'll have some we'll have some ready to go, and uh, hopefully we time it right and execute it all well. So. You know, obviously, you have a question in terms of the quarterback, but in your mind, what's the biggest key to going into a tough place to play like Buffalo and coming out with a win? Yeah, I mean, there's 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 a lot. They're obviously um, have explosive guys on offense, and we talked about what uh, Josh Allen can do and if he can go or not. Um, and you got you know you got some storylines to the game. You got Diggs, you got JJ, um, you know, Harrison Phillips is a guy that came here from from the Bills last year. Um, and then, you know, on, on defense, on defense for them, I, I obviously don't watch them and prepare for them, but, um, you know, knowing Leslie's over there and what they got going, they've been really, really good for a bunch of years and got a front that can get after it and guys that can make plays on the back end. So it'll be a good game. Um, that's really all I can expect out of it right now. You talk a little bit on the field. Diggs definitely talks on the field. What do you anticipate that's going to be like? Um, man, Diggs is my guy. Um, I, I kind of remember when he first, first started playing, um, we played, played a game out in Denver, um, where he started kind of going off and we were kind of feeding off each other. So I'll always, always remember those times with Diggs, but, um, you know, when we're out there, we'll be going at it. Um, not that I'm like matched up as a corner on him or anything, but I'm sure we'll have our times, times with each other, but it, it'll be good to see him. Well, I know it's a busy week, Harrison. Thanks a lot for uh, for jumping on the phone. I'm sure I'll see you soon here. Thanks, Tom.
Uh, as Vikings safety Harrison Smith, the the Kirk Cousins nicknamed. I didn't think we were going to get a new one. It's really good. Kirk Thuggins. Kirk Thuggins. I'm about it, TJ. Yeah, I just tweeted that out. <laughs> it is that from is the show account, of, though. That's from the one of the most account, remarkable though. developments. We talked about this yesterday, but his Kirk's transformation right now. It's easy when you're winning, okay? Yep. If they don't come back from 17-7 down and Harrison doesn't get that interception and there's not a penalty at the end, maybe it's a little bit different here, but leaning into just, all right, you guys want to kind of like have some fun with me like I'm going for? And I mean... If I had a, a six-pack like that, I'd probably take my shirt off, too. <laughs> Not going to do it here, because I don't. Of all the surprising things of this NFL season, and there have been many, mm-hmm. obviously, right? Kirk Cousins having visible abs and, like, yoked arms, I was not prepared for. It's a lot. Yeah. I mean, I, I, you know. He's a pro athlete, though. Like. It's Kirk Cousins! <laughs> do you just think? I mean, the last photo we Come saw of him with his shirt off was when he fell asleep wearing a tank top beside the pool and he got sunburned. Do you remember this? I didn't this? see that one, no. We no. only saw it from here up, and so he, he had his shirt off, but it was like the red <laughs> red around yeah, where the tank top would be. Sure. You, you don't get quite the same the, the same energy from like, it, but Kirk good Cousins for him, has man. a six-pack, man. He must work out. Can't happen. Why would he not? He's extremely wealthy. He's a pro athlete. He has the best trainers, the best nutritionists. He's like, a dad, too. Yeah, but I'm sure he's also had her excuse, TJ. Well, he has help that maybe other working fathers. I'm sure he could afford help that a lot of working fathers could. Six pack, if not for my damn kids. (laughs) So that's what you're blaming. (laughs) You leave those girls alone. Once you once you uh, have them, you'll realize everything gets blamed. (laughs) Oh, I'm starting to notice (laughs) that that. is accurate. Tom, I noticed that former Captain Nap over here. Now he never naps anymore, and that's. Captain Nap is ready for bed at 8 p.m. <laughs> well, what kind of naps would you, is it your short nap guy or a long no, nap No, I, I used to be like hour, hour and a half naps. Every, every afternoon. Every so day. Amazing. Every day. I'd be like, what are you doing? I'd call him. He's like, bro, sorry, I was on a nap, having a nap. I'm like, what? what? Sorry, I was sleeping. It just sounds awesome. <laughs> I, might, I might take one today. Now that, now bro, that I'm you got about nothing it, to do this afternoon, right? We still got more of the show. <laughs> well, besides that. Get out of here. It's not over yet. We're not going to come back from break. I'm going to be head down on the desk. Yeah, actually, I, I do have a little free time this afternoon. All right, we'll be back on the Rich Eisen Show. Some more NFL injury updates we'll get to before this wraps up here. Tom Pelissero in for Rich. Let's talk game time. Boy, do we love using game time tickets at the Rich Eisen Show. And every single time I've been watching the basketball playoffs on TV, I've been wondering what it would be like to be at these games. And when you choose your tickets on game time, you can see the view from your seat where the court is, where you are in relation to it. And then the all-in prices, that's my favorite feature. The all-in prices make sure that you see the lowest price guarantee and also know exactly how much everything costs all in before you purchase. So all the guests work is removed when you buy playoff tickets with game time download the game time app create an account and use my code rich for twenty dollars off your first purchase terms apply visit gametime.co for restrictions again create an account redeem my code r-i-c-h for twenty dollars off your first purchase download game time today last minute tickets lowest price guaranteed seeking the truth never gets old Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. 
Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device, or play on PC through Facebook games. Uh, some news that's come across throughout the course of the show. The Raiders placing both tight end Darren Waller and wide receiver Hunter Renfro on injured reserve. Linebacker Blake Martinez, also of the Raiders, announcing his retirement. I actually was told that happened before practice yesterday. He told them I'm done. He was listed on the injury reporters, did not participate because of personal reasons, a lot going on. So Yo, he played like 90% had, of the snaps last yeah, year. Yeah, he had 11 tackles, which was a season high. <laughs> and now, so he's gone. Waller's gone. Renfro's gone. They're going to lose to the Colts. I'm calling it right now. I mean, we've been saying that all day. Far like, be it for happen. me to say anybody's tanking. But you do wonder <laughs> when you're shutting down key players <laughs> like, and when guys are leaving, what is actually going to, to play out here? Derek Carr's been on the injured report this week, too popped up he's been dealing with i think a back for a couple of weeks now uh, i'm not saying not not saying anyone is tanking i'm not saying that. i'm just saying wow when all of a sudden a bunch of your key players suddenly are no longer Can there you even name the raider backup uh, oh it's stidham right uh jared stidham is there wow. yes stiddy time let's go <laughs> uh in other news oh from my God. nfl network colleague uh cameron wolf who once again let me i'll give another reminder there is a game tonight it's the panthers and the falcons potentially if the Falcons win for first place in the NFC South, if they lose, the Panthers potentially back within one game of the division lead. Uh, Cameron reports the Falcons have a key cog left tackle. Jake Matthews was taken back to Atlanta by the Falcons this morning for delivery of he slash his wife's first child. The hope is that Matthews back for the Thursday night game. You want to talk about stress in the delivery room. So he's on the plane Gets to Charlotte, and that's it's pretty close together, so it's a very short uh, plane ride. Presumably, it's a flight. Uh, gets there, wife goes into labor, now flies back. And now he's at bedside wondering, well, is this going down? I, I don't know. Maybe the child's already been born. I can't. I don't have the blow-by-blow, the play-by-play. I just know, if I was in that room with my wife, <laughs> with anything on my mind about what else I need to do that day... I may as well just not come at all. Don't tell me what time the game is, what time you need to be on the plane. Just stay here and keep your mouth shut. And I love my wife. We have we have two beautiful daughters together, eight and five years old. Oh, fantastic! My my primary birth or primary excuse me my primary memory of the first birth uh, of my children was waiting for my wife to have the uh, the anesthetic kick in oh, yeah. to fall asleep so that I could go get something to eat because I was so starving. And we'd been there from like whatever time in the morning. I want to say we went in the morning. They said, no, she's not ready. Went home, still in it, go back. Wow. They admit her the second time. Now it's like nine o'clock at night. They finally give her some drugs to like knock her out. And at the hospital we were at in Minneapolis, I knew there was a McDonald's in the other side of it. And so I like had to find my way and I housed four hamburgers, like a large fry while walking back because I knew I could not enter that room with that smell of like the salty fries. So I'm literally walking through the hospital, eating this thing as fast as I possibly can and then got back and just like sat there like I hope I don't I hope I'm not breathing the salty fry smell into the room here. Jake Matthews is going to be sitting in that room. Again, presumably he needs to eat if he's going to play in an NFL football game. If he does not make it back, 
which our Cameron Wolf says that they're hopeful he will. Now you're talking about a backup left tackle trying to slow down Brian Burns and that uh, Panthers pass rush, which is not overly ideal uh, in that moment. This game is going to be, it's, it's not going to be the, probably the most, the most highly watched game. Nothing against the, the Amazon Prime broadcast, of course. I'm guessing, though, there's not a lot of cachet to this matchup. But I, I'm not sure there's a quarterback in the league that we've talked less about a starting quarterback this this year than Marcus Mariota. When's the last time you heard Marcus Mariota's name? Seen a highlight? Well, Nothing. I said to start him in fantasy like two weeks ago, but that was it. That's a pickup. He's the 22nd best quarterback in your league. It was a bye fantasy week. wise. Right, exactly. <laughs> bye week pickups. You're pretty far down the line. I'm in a two quarterback fantasy league now. Oh, you start and two? that has a you has you start tenly, it's a super flex and a quarterback. Okay. And it blew my mind. Twenty years of starting one quarterback in Super every fly. league I've ever been in, and suddenly somebody in a ten team league is starting the twentieth best quarterback, or on buys the twenty fifth best quarterback. Mm-hmm. And so you're trying to manage like who in the world is even being plugged in here? I did not get to Marcus Mariota. He's probably starting for somebody else within the league. But I, I give a lot of credit to Arthur Smith and that coaching staff. I know that there's a lot of frustration in the fantasy community about Kyle Pitts having what three touchdowns so far in his NFL career. Drake London has not had a, a breakout season. But what you have to remember is Arthur Smith. Came up as as an assistant coach in Tennessee and worked under Mike Vrabel in his last several years there. And if anybody in the league is going to just say, I don't care how we win, we just need to win, it's Mike Vrabel. Watch the Titans right now and what they're dealing with. He had a quote, I think it was to Ed Werder recently, that was along the lines of you know being asked about the workload on Derrick Henry. Is it sustainable? And his answer was more or less, well, who are we going to throw to? We don't have any receivers. Traylon Burks just got activated uh, off injury reserve return to practice yesterday, so potentially some help there. But they haven't even tried really to throw, especially with Malik Willis playing the past couple of weeks. They've more or less said our only hope is Derrick Henry runs for 200 yards. And that is what he did in Houston. He obviously ran it a lot last week against Kansas City. They have to grind it down. And that's why Mike Vrabel, once again, is going to be in the Coach of the Year conversation along with our guy Mike McCarthy, among others, our guy. this year is exactly. I'm I'm putting it on you too here, TJ. That's what I'm saying. I'm our guy. striking up the band here. Yeah. Uh, he has it's to be in the conversation because you don't look. Up. You don't look at the Titans right now and say, "There's a lot of guys on this roster who you absolutely would plug in. And that guy's going to be a star on your team." There, there's who who are the receivers? It's not after Traylon Burks. It's I'm trying to remember his name, Nicholas Akine. Westbrook, I probably well did done. not get that name right. It's along those lines, but you don't you don't have receivers. You're playing with a backup quarterback who's a rookie, who's super talented in Malik Willis, but just has so far to go and made that clear to teams in the pre-draft process that coming from that, that simple office, uh, offense at Liberty, he was going to need some time here. They find ways to win. The Falcons are doing the same thing. Guess what? They win tonight. They're 5-5, five and five, and they are in sole possession of the NFC South lead. That is remarkable at this stage in the season. And you know what? Again, credit to Arthur Smith for finding ways to figure it out. Thank you very much for joining us on this show. Thanks to all of our guests. We'll be back tomorrow here. Tom Pelissero in Verizon.